Welcome to the Solo Venture Podcast, wherever you're listening to or watching this. If you could do us a huge favor and hit that subscribe or follow button, we'll work tirelessly to make the show better and expand production as we want to share the best info and best experiences to inspire your journey to solopreneurship. That is the only favor we'll ever ask of you. Thanks for your time. Now back to the show. Nice. Were you, uh, were you working... Like, I know you had a corporate job before this. I think, uh, what was it, Comcast or something like that? Yep. Like, yeah, sell shit. Yeah, I, I had, I was working a corporate job in Florida. So I was doing like, I listened to one of your episodes and I'm like, man, this guy is me, man. Like cubicle, mm. fucking uh, dealing with people every day, um, you know, getting dressed and having to go into, go in somewhere, just everything about it. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fucking, yeah. I'm going to work here until, until whenever. And then I'm going to retire and not have enough money to um not have money enough money to do what i want to do but like be too young to what the whole thing it was just like i'm dying like i'm dying a little bit every day sitting in a shithole so like do you were you working that job and then you decided to check out a couple of nomad things or like how did you make the transition so uh the nomad thing was discovered because my best friend did a semester abroad in thailand so mm-hmm. thank fucking god for that Went to yeah. visit him on a vacation. So, in short, it started with a vacation to Thailand. Uh, he was like, "You want to like work abroad out here for a year?" Um, and I was like, "Yeah." And so went on YouTube, looked up videos living in Thailand, working in Thailand. Boom! Found the digital nomad content. Found Johnny's channel, Jabil's channel. Hey, we're digital nomads in Chiang Mai. We do Shopify e-commerce stuff. We're digital nomads. Here's our co-working space. I was like, I want to do that. So that's it. I waited till I was like 40 to, to pull the plug and actually do it. And it was scary as hell. Like uh, I, I sold everything. I got rid of my car and I went to Mexico and I'm like, I, you know, forced myself. Like I will learn how to do this shit. Uh, copywriting, which, you know, is it's worked out well for me now. But uh, so that's it. You just uh, just after seeing all that, you just decided to do it. Did you ease into it at all? Or did you just go like, did you start working on it while you were still back in the States and take off? Like, how did you actually pull that off? Yeah, so so Johnny uh, had a, a course on drop shipping. Uh, that's who I found out. Uh, I discovered his YouTube channel. Got that course. It was like five hundred bucks. Made my Shopify high ticket dropping drop shipping store. Uh, inflatable hot tub universe. That was the name that I made for it. It was drop shipping inflatable jacuzzis, and uh, probably was working on that for probably about six months or so. Um, really building it up, not making any sales, anything. First real online venture ever. Uh, they announced, hey, we're having a retreat for the course. Come out to Chiang Mai, Thailand, October 7th, 2014. This is like earlier in the year. So we're like, fucking perfect. The course that we just got, they're having a retreat. Okay, we booked our tickets to the course and we're like, no matter if we're making money from our stores or not, we're going to that. We're quitting our jobs and we're going indefinitely to pursue our digital nomad dreams. And we're going to go all in on this side hustle once we get there and try to make it full time once we get there. And um, yeah, the rest is history. Ended up pivoting to Amazon FBA a couple months after we got there. And luckily, Tried one product, tried another one, got some traction, and was able to uh, make enough to keep living out there. And this was the Sticky Wallet? 
Nope. Sticky wallet didn't come for a few years later. This is uh the selfie stick Great. tripod. That was our, uh, uh, yeah. that was our first kind of home run. And uh, yeah, it was a blessing. It's um the, the kind of landscape has obviously changed a lot in the last, in, in the last nine years. Like how, how would you describe that? that change over that time period is like when you first got in there started looking at these products looking at differentiation like how has it all kind of changed you mean the amazon fba private label game yeah uh yeah it's more competitive you're going to need to have a better product um more inventory more investment so it's more competitive you know similar to any platform right youtube the same thing there's more people doing it so what does that mean uh you got to be better Instagram, TikTok, any anything you just you got to be better nowadays. Not not as easy to have a mediocre product. So nine years, man. Um, I I didn't even hear about this shit until obviously the pandemic. That's when it was like the big explosion. Everybody Mm. wanted to do this shit. And uh, similar to like you were just saying, like even the copywriting space is like it got flooded for a while. It got saturated. And now it's kind of thinned out a little bit because of AI. But uh, so have you over that time, has it have you just been spending time in Southeast Asia? Like what what does your travel kind of look like? Are you going back to the States? Are you bouncing around? How do you how do you kind of pace that with the whole visa situation? Yeah, most of the time has been based in in Southeast Asia. You know, uh, it kind of chose us. It chose us with Parker's uh, semester abroad. So that was where we went. I made the vacation out there. and then. The course that we bought, they put on the retreat um, slash the guy's YouTube channel that I found. It was, uh, you know, he was the the Thailand digital nomad guy. So um, it's this has been the home base. Um, started with a couple years in Chiang Mai, then a year in Saigon, Vietnam, uh, then Bangkok for four years, uh, then Bali for a year, then back to Bangkok. And last year we went to Phuket, Thailand, uh, done many months in Europe and during the summers. And um, yeah travel whenever i want taking a bunch of trips visited 30 countries lived in six countries um and every summer visit home uh for the month of july and haven't missed a summer so just got back uh, a couple months ago from home avoiding rainy season or seeing family yep exactly avoiding the <laughs> seattle rainy uh, rainy winters and just going for the best part uh july peak of summer so weird when you finally like make that uh, that distinction. You know, like we grow up in little towns, and then we work in that little community. And uh, it was just—I don't remember what point it hit me when I'm like, I'm kind of like a global citizen. You know, like I, yeah. I like where I grew up. I like I like I love my country. Of course, it's great. I mean, we have problems, but it's still pretty good. And uh, it's like, man, you just got to think bigger. You know, because everybody's stuck in their little neighborhoods, and they go to the same stores. And look, that's a that's a good life for most people. We evolved that way, right? I mean, we small tribes and everything else. But it's so fucking like, it's like my mind was just blown. I'm like, shit, I could live anywhere in the world. I could work anywhere. If I like a place, I'll go back. If I don't, I never have to see it again. It's crazy. Like you realize, oh, uh, wait, I can be anywhere and still be on my laptop, and that doesn't change really anything. It's almost like. It's really exciting to that you can live any anywhere, but like I've talked to many nomads, and it's like almost um, almost too many choices. When you realize, oh shit, there's thousands of cities in the world, and it's almost overwhelming. Of like, oh, now that the world is unlocked location wise, 
I know the world is so amazing, but at the same time, I know I'll never get to go everywhere. And it's almost like too many choices. Um, so yeah. yeah You're constantly being pulled in different directions, right? All the pangs for different places that you hear about. Yeah. You know, um, but at the end of the day, it's freedom of choice that you have the choice. If you have a job that's location dependent, it doesn't matter. You have no choice. So that's what it's all about. Having your base in Southeast Asia, how, how would you describe the change there? Because I imagine back in 2014, it was probably smaller knit. There weren't so many people that had come over from the US or other countries there. It, what's it like now? Is it is it still kind of close knit or is it saturated with people as well? Nah, it's the same. It's the same. Chiang Mai, I came okay. there. 2014, bunch of expats, bunch of nomads doing stuff. Same. Um, bunch of expats, nomads there, bunch of expats, nomads here. You go to any any city in the world, there's a bunch of expats, a bunch of remote workers. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely since COVID, more more remote workers, especially of the remote employee flavor. Um, so the world is infinite. Uh, there's an infinite amount of space for everybody to be wherever the fuck you want. Yeah, every time I go somewhere new, like I meet people that suggest five new places, and like you were saying, I'm like, fuck, I don't have time for all this. Then I have to remind myself, it doesn't matter. I don't need to see everywhere. Like I'm going back to Playa del Carmen, which is like easy for us over here. Uh, and uh, I was telling Reese the other day, it's like, I know it's, I'm going back to the same place. I should probably try to go somewhere new. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm going back to the same neighborhood. I know where my stores are. I know where my gym is. You know, like there's some comfort in that too. So even though we've got the freedom to travel, there's still there's still some comfort in like being kind of in the same areas a lot. How's the... um? How's the visa situation there? Do you still have to navigate that or have you found a way to like not have to keep bouncing in and out? Um, initially for the first couple of years, uh, it was basically uh, every four months uh, did a border bounce visa run. Um, initially when I got went, I had paid for the three month tourist visa and you can extend that by 30 days. So that's four months and you just take a bus to the border, do a border bounce. I probably did that five six times or whatever over the first couple of years um then i went to saigon vietnam um kind of similar thing you can get a 90 visa i think it's free um so kind of historically it's hasn't been too big of an issue because it's like every few months like um either you're doing a trip to bali or something or actually in, in hindsight it was actually an excuse to visit more places because you're like all right cool uh the four months is up or the two months is up if you just come on arrival you get 30 days and then you can send up for 30 days okay i've been in thailand for two for two uh months time for a visa run border bounce so look at your phone oh where do you want to go oh let's go to fuck i've never been to fucking tokyo so i did that like twice uh i never been to hanoi boom friend was in hanoi i went and lived with him for a month boom Oh, what's the next place? Best place I haven't been around this place in the world. Bali. Oh, shit. I loved it. Stayed for six months. And so it's actually, you know, it depends how you look at it. Uh, that's everything in life. Uh, it's great. So um, you can do, there's really no official limit to the amount of like you know, times you can enter a country just on the visa exam. Um, but they set, like, some people have said, like, um, my visa agent says, probably don't do more than three in a year. Um, 
So what you can do, there's many different visa options. You can pay for the three-month tourist visa, uh, right, and extend that for one month. Uh, you can do a Muay Thai training visa. You can do an education visa and only be teaching or only be learning Thai or doing Muay Thai as much as you want. It's, it's very easy. Um, or you can get, uh, you can set up a company and have your visa agent like set up a company for you and have the basically work permit. Um, and that's a yearly visa. Uh, or you can, uh, if you have money, you can do the uh, elite visa. It's like 15,000 US dollars for and you get like five years. Um, so it's more than figure outable uh, just to be where you want to be. What was the, like, is it expensive to in, to fl fly in and around Southeast Asia once you're there? Or is it like cheap flights? Uh, flights Phuket, which is about 45 minute flight is about uh, 100 bucks. Uh, if you book okay. it a, a week ahead of time, like $60. That's a okay. one hour flight. Cheap. Um, flight to Bali is about two or 300. Uh, it's a four hour flight. Um, so yeah, cheap. Okay. Yeah. Similar, similar to Europe once you're here. So what, uh, you got over there, you started with the Amazon stuff. At what point did you, uh, start up your own like podcast and how did that all come to fruition? Like, uh, like when did you get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm doing this now. I watched other people's stuff. Now I'm actually making it happen for myself. Uh, when did that kind of come about and, and what was the motivation behind that? Uh, it started right away. So first of all, like I've always been a creative my whole life. And so uh, when I got to Thailand, I actually right away at the conference, like I arrived right at the conference, was basically vlogging it on Snapchat, um, Snapchat stories, right? Before there was Instagram stories, Snapchat invented that. And then Instagram copied it like in right. 2017 or whatever. So for like 2014, 15, 16, I was like the Snapchat vlogger guy. Uh, but after the first year of like of living abroad, the whole first year, I was just Snapchatting every day. Um, and like somehow I got like a little bit of a following on like on Snapchat, um, as you know, the guy living in Thailand. And then the second year I'm like, I should just buy a camera and just film this in HD. Like if I'm going to be filming all these cool adventures, food, um, in talking to digital nomads, just like my daily life cost doing the cost of living is how much this is, this is, um, so bought a camera, boom, little pocket camera. Uh, and then uploaded one video a week of just basically whatever I was doing that week. Boom. That was the, um, that was the initial year of living that life. I was living in Saigon, Vietnam at that time. Um, that's how kind of got the first, uh, thousand subscribers. And then mixed in to that was just talking to other digital nomads, um, interviewing them, um, sharing their journey exactly like what we're doing now. And upload those to YouTube, um, talking about their FBA business. Hey, you're making 10k a month. How are you doing that? Just talking to people on YouTube, and I guess that's uh, after you have a few, that's a podcast. Um, and so, okay, boom. And so that's kind of how that started. Just interviewing digital nomads. That's just like you know, genuinely curious to to talk to digital nomads. And so, yeah, that was kind of the the start of the the YouTube. But, um, you know, before I ever came out here, big fan of travel vloggers. So I would watch the Casey Neistat, the Fun for Louis, the, the Blahs, the Blahs. And so when I got out here, I was just like, of course, I'm going to be like vlogging. That's what you do. And so you become what you consume. And so that was kind of me. That's awesome. Are you, um, what, what's the plans with it? Are you planning to, is it kind of now for you just something 
casual that you kind of keep ticking over or is it is it a project on its own that you're looking to grow even more it's always been just a passion project thing that i do just because i i love creating uh recording making and sharing um there's no structure to it i make basically no money from it like i've made a couple courses but it's kind of just like it's out there on my website okay a few people will get it um but i I would love to make a full-time income from being a creator from just being yourself um and hopefully i can do that with the next couple years i actually just hired a couple people onto the team um and um yeah do a better job at monetizing it so uh yeah working on it um via um you know masterminds courses coaching whatever the heck the standard stuff so uh as of right now it's it's total side hustle but i would love to make a lot of money from my podcast slash youtube that's that's a nice feeling we we've kind of like because we're we're obviously heading down the same direction you know we're trying to grow this and um, turn it into something but we actually we literally enjoy doing it like there's never a day that goes by where like it never crossed our mind to like hit a certain number and like, let's stop now. I think this is, I think your episode 27 or 28. And, um, I mean, we actually really enjoy this. Like we record, you probably have the same experience. I have a ton of energy afterwards and it, it doesn't really matter what we're talking about. It just feels like this is the right thing to do. Uh, now, obviously it'd be nice to make some money off that too, but it is cool to have something like that, you know, where you actually like really mm-hmm. like doing it. And there's not that much pressure on it because you're like, look, I would do this whether I got fucking paid for it or not, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's the that's the key to, you know, passion business, something that you just enjoy doing. Ideally, we, you know, all have something that we're building that we love doing. We get, we get uh, you know, satisfaction from. But ideally, we do that and we also make money from it. That would be great too. So, yeah, that's what we're all after, isn't it? It's why it's also so nice to see um, people like yourselves that are sharing the journey as well. Like all the videos on YouTube are free. It's not like that's free education for a lot of people um, for how they can do similar things. Um, so that's really cool. Um, awesome. So Amazon FBA, private label, podcast, um, and now for the last couple of years, if I'm correct, you've been running um, Amazing Marketing Code. Um, last five years, five, five years, five years. Uh, from this October when I started it. Wow. Pretty impressive. Um, even just to keep an agency going that long, um, cause it's not easy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, would love to hear a bit more about the journey, um, on that. Yeah. So, you know, it was doing my own Amazon products, um, for a few years and you know, launched probably 12 or 15 products and like three of them really got some traction to, to make good money, meaning like more than a few thousand or $5,000 profit, you know, steady monthly. Um, and then, you know, we we're um, launching a bunch more products and they weren't really getting traction. We're like, shit, like I would love to double our income, uh, but it's fucking hard. It's, you know, um, you really got to have great product idea after great product idea. Um, and it was these selfie stick tripods and, you know, some sort of categories are easier to scale than others. Cause you can launch just like the next flavor of the next supplement or whatever, or the next uh, style of the next clothing or whatever. Um, so physical products, you know, just like any business, um, 
some hit, some miss. And a friend uh, living in Saigon, actually, um, shout out to Matt Laker, he invited me on his podcast YouTube channel. Um, he's like an agency coach and like does his agency stuff. He's like, you should start an Amazon agency, dude. And I'm like, hmm. He invites me out. He says, come to my agency mastermind in Bali. Um, like you can, uh, you can come and it's going to be, uh, it's actually gonna be 20 agency owners. And it was actually like a reality TV show. It was like 10 people in this villa, 10 people in this villa. It was actually one villa, but like two kind of houses and whoever makes the most money, uh, in seven days wins. Uh, like whoever grows their agency more. Anyways, it was this like agency boot camp thing. I went and I was like, maybe the only one that was just starting their agency at that time and started my Upwork profile. Boom. Amazon expert, Amazon ads started just creating a freelancer profile on Upwork and uh, went from there. But it's also like a testament to courses and shit too, right? Because there's a lot of people out there that hesitate. They're like, they see the price tag on a course or a mastermind or something like that. And there's like some hesitation. And I honestly, I've never regretted paying for any type of course do you over the years do you have any idea how many you've taken and like what are your experience with that has it all been positive like how's that work out yeah i yeah i did pay a hundred thousand for a course uh in 2010 but that was called college and didn't make any money from it (laughs) um honestly i was racking my brain i was like what course did he spend that go go your course robin's house for a month like the fuck it's a four (laughs) years course dude it's a four-year course yeah yeah no kidding but anyways um (laughs) yeah i started with the course that's why i love online courses man it's like I started. I started with my, you know, drop shipping course, and that 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 course, uh, yeah, changed my life. It's always good. It's amazing. Like, uh, not to bring it back up again, but the amount of money we spend on formal education now, and really, you could you could probably, I mean, except for like brain surgery and shit like that, and even then, who knows? But you could like, if you really want to choose something you really want to do somebody's either got some free content you could start with and then you can buy it. It's just it's so, which is awesome. It's great. Like it, it used to be cliche, like YouTube, your way to success, but it's true. Like you really can do that. Now, if I decided I wanted to learn something later today, I'd search it, find the free videos and like, Oh, this guy's fucking great. Does he have anything I can buy from him? And you know, for a fraction of the cost and probably better learning on my own terms, instead of listening to some old guy fucking preach, you know, it's, it's awesome. Like the, the world we live in now is really fucking cool. We, we have a long ways to go, but man, like there's so many, so many advantages, so many ways for people to get out there and do what they want to do, live the life they want to live, you know? Exactly. No excuse. It's all out there guys. And so, yeah, I've been, I've been preaching this message for uh, yeah eight years <laughs> on YouTube. And I, I just, someone just sent me, I made this video like five years ago called is college worth it? It's going to come soon to my Instagram, Reese. I'm having my uh, my editor make a short out of it. Um, yeah. Sweet. I was, I was going to say as well, even, even if something in typical education hasn't quite made it to online education, that's a gap. So if there's anything like people have the opportunity to create new channels as well and, and, and target education like subjects that haven't actually been catered for on YouTube. So there's massive mm. opportunities still as well. In terms of like education, um, there's obviously the courses, but there's a lot of people in the online space do take um, 
do you work with mentors? Have you worked with any mentors over the last nine years? Um, I actually just hired one, uh, an agency coach mentor uh, recently. Um, it's been great. You know, it's it's no brainer. Um, you want to be good at sports? What do you do? You coach. You want to be good at piano? What do you do, coach? So if you want to do something, yeah, you should probably look into that. Any major lessons that you've like they've introduced you even in the last couple of weeks you're like fuck um i wish i knew that earlier uh i mean yeah um you know i'm I'm improving my whole my whole crm there's there's, there's a bunch of stuff um i need to get my fucking website optimized i need to get a crm i need to hire this you know head of client acquisition uh, it's just all this obvious stuff that you're never going to know that you're missing out on um until you just have those brainstorm sessions you know with someone who's been there uh, and so yeah super super good uh, even if it's like even if you hire somebody i guess and let's say they tell you all this shit and you knew 90 percent of it already that 10 percent that you didn't fucking know could be the difference between you know exploding you know so uh, i've i always think it's totally worth it to do and, and but again i hesitate to sometimes like you see the price tag and you're like oh man i don't know about this never regret getting help uh even if it's even if it's just somebody you know that's like a, a few steps ahead of you, I think that's the mistake a lot of people yeah. make, and they kind of have like, oh fuck, I don't want this guy's going to charge me this much a month. Why can't I figure this out on my own? Like, uh, I think it's the way to go, man. It's if you, you want to grow, if you want to stay where you're at and be comfortable, that's totally cool. But if you want to grow, man, you gotta you gotta reach above. You know, find somebody who's been doing it longer and pay the money, get the because look, I mean, you'll probably make that money back, right? Like whatever you're paying in, it's going to come back to you in revenue, I'm assuming. One of the things that we want to help people realize on this show is some of the things they can do with the maybe increased time freedom they have um, from their lifestyle business. Um, And one of the cool things I've seen you been developing recently is music. Um, Mm. I'm assuming because of the the free time, more of the free time you've had available um and opportunity um walk us through like was that something you like an uh an age-old dream you had um and how's it going um yeah so um i used to do music since like 13 uh like i was on garage band like making like messing around making beats like uh me and my friend we like had this like kind of comedy podcast like when i was 13 before a podcast was a word but we would like be recording and editing and making remixes and like skits and stuff so i've always and i would like make the background music and like make the yeah anyways and when i was a kid i did drums and like piano and stuff uh so i always been kind of uh really into music oh yeah there we go i almost went to college for music engineering uh slash production uh i applied to the music program at university of washington didn't get in. I applied to Washington State uh, for genetics and and cell biology. And got into that. So like in an alternate universe, like I'm over there, not in Thailand, and doing music. I'm a fucking music studio nerd. So yeah, there's that. Um, but uh, so during COVID, um, nightlife was closed, um, and so we had after parties at our place dj friends come to our place they bring their dj deck uh all right you want to actually instead of them bringing it over every time how about we get our own okay boom it's in my house boom i'm youtubing how do you do it you can learn the basics in 15 minutes 
And so I'm a, if you know, if anyone knows me, I'm a huge music head. Like music is my heart and soul and blood. And uh, I knew it was just be a matter of time before I um, start DJing. COVID was that excuse. Uh, and so, yeah, I've been loving it. And from what I've seen on, on, on Instagram and other socials, you've been doing a few events now. Not just not just at the house. I've been I've done a bunch of um, house parties, birthdays. Uh, I just did my first like club club like actual like uh, venue um, just recently. Along the lines of free time and just like structuring your day how you like to like what is like what does a day look like for you? Like do you like what is your hours versus free time? Like how do you structure your day now? Yeah. Overall, in general, like I got the laptop open and I'm, and I'm at the laptop about eight hours a day. Sure. Uh, you know, so pretty typical. But the, the key is, the thing is, this does not feel like work. It's a different type of work. Mm-hmm. You know, going to your job eight hours a day, that's completely different, like, existence and feeling. Like, I don't, like, I don't, someone asked me this recently, like, how much uh, do you work every day? And I'm like, huh, I've never tracked it. I have no idea. Because it's like it's not something that I would think to track, like as a as in like I want to make sure I'm doing enough. No, I'm excited to open my laptop and build the next thing, work on the next thing. That's the thing about having your own business is it's it's like a it's just a totally different feeling than working from some, for someone else. Uh, it's something you're excited to build. Um, but like today, woke up, had call so in my morning couple hours and the late night couple hours those are usa overlapping times so that's when i can have calls with people um and so so yeah um and then during the day it's completely open there'll be a like a a big work chunk maybe three four hours and then like a gym chunk couple hours and then i don't know eat whatever go get a massage for a couple hours um i'll do plenty of massages in southeast asia uh reese knows that's one of the that's one of the most awesome things about living in a southeast asia slash uh, developing country is you can you can get a massage for for 15 dollars for two hours it's like amazing wow um but uh back to my daily schedule so running an agency or a client-based business in asia you better be prepared and be aware that you're going to have to take calls in the late night. So historically, 9 p.m., 10 p.m., 11, midnight, even sometimes 1 a.m., those are open for calls when I'm building my agency for the past four years. Uh, only until recently this year, uh, I uh, Ryan is now taking all of our sales calls, uh, and I don't have to do those. It's only twice a week team calls that are like a late night, night time. Uh, and I'm the CEO, I'm the boss. I'm not even required to be on those, but like, I, I like being on them and, you know, you know, when I can, but if I don't, if I don't want to, it, I don't have to. Uh, right. So it's obviously, you know, being, being the boss, being the owner of the company, you have the flexibility to, to move your schedule around whenever you want. Um, but for someone that's running a client-based business, be prepared that you, you should know that like for sure. Um, with me, it was luckily I've been a night owl my whole life, actually just a hardcore night owl like in college i was always in the library till it closed 2 a.m and then i'm back to the house and i'm just that's when i'm just like in my grind mode you know super flow mode productive mode just like 10 p.m to 2 a.m so it actually worked like even before i did client-based business just working on my my fba amazon stuff i was just in the 24-hour cafes like around bangkok that's just my flow state 
Um, so it's either you're going to do that or you're going to be up super early, like 6, 7, 8 a.m. And you're catching people in America at 6, 7, 8 p.m. So it's about 12 hours difference uh, um, opposites compared to U.S. I spent a little bit of time. I was in uh, what Bali, then Kuala Lumpur, then uh, Vietnam. And I didn't like the early and late meetings, but it was nice. Like the whole middle of my day, I didn't fucking hear from anybody. Like you have that yeah. whole day to yourself. You know what I mean? So it was cool. Yeah. Like the late night meetings suck, but it is nice. Like you realize like I need to batch my notifications because I'm like, I'm at peace all fucking day. You know, that was awesome. I do miss that yeah. a little bit, you know? It's interesting. Yeah. It's totally, it's uh, it's pros and cons, right? It's, it's like, yeah, you do have your total, your whole day uh, free or you're not getting emails um, or stuff. But that being said, 10 of my team are in the Philippines, five are in the US. So for managing VAs, I can schedule those calls, whatever I, uh, time I want during the day. So is, is that time overlap also because a lot of your clients are US based or are they all of our clients global? are US? Yeah. Got you. Okay. And what kind, what kind of clients are you working with um, in terms of Small, product. medium e-commerce brands specializing in health and wellness brands, supplements, uh, healthy snacks, drinks, um, protein powders. Uh, those are our most common category. And so right. we're kind of niching uh, into, at least with my content on YouTube recently, because um, that's where we have the most case studies and, and the most clients. So um, optimizing for that. Subscribe and save. That's what it's all about. Supplement companies, um, yep. you know, CPG, food and bev, anything uh, that's repeat or uh, repeat purchasable. Awesome. And and is there a perception with your US based clients of you running the agency from Southeast Asia? Was that? Um, yeah, ninety nine point nine percent of people when I say, and I'm in Bangkok, they say, "Oh, cool." I say, "Have you been?" They say, "You know, I've never been." You're probably like seventy five percent. You know, I've never been. Oh, so you gotta go. My 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 family's been out multiple times. You gotta go. Like Southeast Asia, like you gotta do the trip. And I say, like, okay, cool. I'll let you know if I ever come. And then like twenty five percent of people say, oh yeah, I've been. I've been. And I was like, you know. And so, um, maybe one or two people like in five years have like asked a follow up question like, is that going to be a problem? Um, right. or, like concerned about it. It's very mm -hmm. rare. It, it's surprisingly rare. Like I would have yeah. thought that it would be a thing too, right? But people, especially since COVID, people are expect you to be, people are like used to professionals being in Fiji. Like, I don't, I don't care where you are. Like you're yeah. in Antarctica. Okay, that's your thing. Okay, cool. Are you going to make my ads good? That's all I fucking care about. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. In terms of like your team, like in hiring and everything like that, um, how did you, how do you find them and how, like in a nutshell, like what's your hiring process? Like, do you, are you posting jobs in a particular place or like, how do you, how do you build that team and, uh, keep them running over there? Uh, historically Upwork started my agency on Upwork, hired, um, people, uh, mostly Philippines VAs uh, before I did the agency back when I was just doing my own physical products, um, I, I, I was using Upwork before it was Upwork. It was uh, Elance and Odesk. They merged and they formed Upwork. This is like 2013, 14 days. Um, and uh, so until early this year, I tried LinkedIn jobs. Huge fan of LinkedIn jobs. Hired three of our American account managers this year from LinkedIn and 
uh, three of our new uh, Filipino um, Amazon ads uh, specialists. Um, so that's what I'm telling like guys in the Discord and everything. If you haven't tried LinkedIn jobs, like every job gotten 100 to 200 applicants and you can optionally boost it. It will give you a recommended daily boost, like 50 bucks a day, like something like that. Just boost it for three days. You will get good talent. Are any of, are any of those US-based, um, I'm assuming they're allowed, are they allowed to be remote? As in the people that you have that are US-based, are they, are they allowed to be remote? Oh, in my, in my agency, say? in my company? Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What <laughs> so is a they like, like job these days? Like, it's almost like no, 100%. Weird. Yeah, yeah. So are they like, are they itching to come over to Southeast Asia? Um, yeah. So actually three of our team are already, you know, nomadic. So three of our account managers are in Mexico. Um, and one of them, one of those guys was just traveling like in Turkey. Um, and, um, yeah, I was talking to one of them about actually coming to the, the conference I'm speaking at next month here in Chiang Mai. That's cool. I mean, it must feel pretty good to the whole journey you've been on, the appreciation and desire to want to be remote, to now be in a position where you're allowed to give someone that opportunity. That's true. I haven't, I haven't uh, thought about that too deeply, but yeah, it's, uh, it's cool. It's cool. Um, you know, to be like, wow, this thing you're, that you built is like, you know, providing for a whole bunch of people uh, and they love their job. Like, you know, you got to keep a cool, you know, uh, you know, culture. Um, and you're, 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 you have, you have some amazing things. You have location freedom and you have schedule freedom for the most part, as a, aside from maybe you have a couple client calls and team calls a week, like you, you're scheduled getting your work done whenever you want. Aside from like, uh, you know, all the wins, obviously you're doing really well. Now you've been at this for a really long time. Uh, what, if you don't mind, like what types of setbacks have you run into though over the last, nine years have you had any major ones and if you have like what have you done to deal with those we don't have to get into every like i know that every day brings a new problem usually especially for agency owners but have you run into any major ones where you're like oh shit i don't know if i could pull this off um you know i would say the standard business entrepreneurial stuff oh shit just lost a handful of clients can't make payroll really that's kind of like part of the entrepreneurial journey on uh, the ups and downs um with the agency you know, that's happened for sure. There's been some times where it's like, uh oh, it's gone down a bit. Uh, all right, gotta make some tough layoffs. But that's just, that's just par of the course of business, right? That's normal. So nothing out of the usual, out of the ordinary. Same thing with physical product business, like, oh shit, uh, shipment got fucked up. Oh fuck, we're out of stock for six months. Oh shit, how are we gonna survive? Uh, you know, par of the course with physical product business is all sorts of just shenanigans. So. Yeah, you know, what we signed up for is the entrepreneurial journey. Um, like everything has got its pros and cons. Uh, you're your own boss. You have control over your life, your schedule and everything. But entrepreneurial journey comes with its, its, uh, you know, challenges as well. You know, you're, you're building the whole ship. You got to figure out what, what to do. You know, you are deciding everything to do. There's no one telling you what to do. There's no one telling me what to do every day um you know you're you're the captain of the ship but that's what we signed up to be you know leaders and captains and so um that's it is it is what it is 
Yeah. It's a fucking roller coaster, isn't it? It's like, you know, when yeah. you have when you're in a corporate setting or like most most of the population over here, it's like, you know, I know what I'm getting. I know my paycheck's gonna hit my account every two weeks. I know if I have a problem, I can look at some manual or some three ring binder that some asshole made years ago. It's gonna tell me exactly mm-hmm. what I need to do. So it's like it's safe and it's comforting, but it's just like uh like flatline, you know. Uh and like what we're doing now is like super high and happy one day. And the next day I'm like, Oh shit, two clients just dropped. Uh, AI is coming for my job, you know, all the dumb things. Mm. So, but, but I prefer this, you know, I, I've kind of, you kind of get used to it too. You know, like uh, you kind of get accustomed to like today's really bad, but I know, I know because this happened before that something good's going to happen tomorrow or new clients going to sign on. So yeah, no, I, I, I like, I'm sure that crosses your mind all the time. Like the life you were in and now just the, the risk versus reward it's it's fucking cool man it's you know it's not for the faint-hearted but i don't think i could go back to just showing up to a job and like yeah this is your stack of shit to do today you know what i mean fuck that yeah exactly there's almost like two things it's like i knew how bad you don't want a nine to five that's almost like stronger for me than like i want to be an entrepreneur and like be a millionaire it's like, it first starts with, I really know I don't want to be waking up even at 8 a.m. That's way too early. Like even 8.30. Like it's, it's historically for me, like in college, like I got every late class. Like I probably only had one class to all four years that was 9 a.m. Because I'm, uh, and I've seen on videos, they actually prove a genetic link to that. Like ever since a kid, like I've always been the last one uh, asleep. Um Anyways, so I knew I did not want a nine to five and I knew, um, yeah, I, I knew um, you, I wanted to travel the world. Well, hey, if you ask anyone around the world, they all say the same thing. Hey, what's your dream? Uh, make a lot of money, travel the world. I, I ask Thai people, Vietnamese people, locals, whenever I go, any class. Um, yeah, you know, something about having a lot of money and traveling. <laughs> That's like the most common answer that you get. And so... Yeah. And, uh, you know, via YouTube, I see, oh, there's all these guys doing it. Okay. Why can't I do it myself? Let's go do it. And simple as that. That's the cool thing about like having access to everybody. I mean, it's also some downsides for society, right? But it's cool. Like if there's something I think about that's like, God, it's kind of weird. Is anybody else doing this? Like sure enough, there's a whole community of of fucking people doing something. But it's funny. It's interesting how uh, I never thought about this until you just brought it up. Like it's a universal thing. Everybody on the planet wants to, or like make money and travel. Like, does, mm-hmm. I, I don't know anybody, even people that I know that live in really nice places, that still, they're like, I want to travel. You know, that's so yeah. strange. I wonder if there's been any like long-term studies on that, like the, just the human psychology behind that. Yeah. It's most people. Yeah. There's a, you know, we'll all meet those people. Like they've always, they've been in their hometown their whole, their whole life. But this kind of, kind of correlates with like, you know, ambition. Um, I call, I call folks like us, like ambitious and adventurous, like us digital nomads where we're ambitious. We want to build shit, you know, want to make a lot of money. want to be, be captains of the ship, be entrepreneurs, but we're also in the adventurous flavor, you know, to stack on top of that. We love being in new countries, exploring new cities, um, and having an adventurous, uh, life. It's curiosity. It's what if. What if I could go there? What if I could do this? Drives us all. Yep. Yeah, I was at a I was at a bar once in Florida, and uh, we were talking about 
slowing down time and how we're all getting older. And somebody said something, some, some asshole that I know from the bar, he was like, you know, he slow time down. He's like, you do something different as much as, as much as you can. Cause if you're in the same town, going to the same job, seeing the same people doing the same holidays at the same house, which and look, we all love our family and everything. But he's like, if you really want to make time slow down, it's like try to be in a new place every year. And, or, you know, relatively speaking and not doing the same Christmas parties or the same, and I'm using the holidays, I'm picking on them, but it goes for fucking anything. Mm-hmm. So in order to like have, I think to like expand our lives and feel like we're here longer, just different shit, you know, different experiences every day. Cause if not, your, your brain's not imprinting on anything. It's just like breezing right through it. You know what I mean? Not paying attention to shit. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I, I think I wrote a blog post about this, like, uh, probably in 2013. It's like, uh, the philosophy of travel and it's like with your brain as animals when we're in a new environment our brain is actually more aware because we need to scan the new environment for dangers and what's going on but if we're if we're in the same lane every day the brain just like okay i know this place aren't uh, like levels the sense of awareness and like that's like definitely something too that everyone can attest to when you're on vacation when you're in a new place you just have that little more sense of like awakeness awareness right you're like because like yeah we're looking around like, oh there checking out what's up and so yeah but yeah tell me about it like i know so many nomad friends and like even me i I noticed like i have itchy feet they call it itchy feet like when i'm in a place for a couple months i'm like dying to switch it up i even have itchy feet like in the house i wonder if there's like some studies about this like i'll always want to move my desk to like the other side or i'm always changing the furniture around That's so good to hear someone else. Literally, I'm like, I'm that guy. Like every yeah. couple of weeks, I'm just like, we need a switch up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's freshness, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It feels yeah. fresh. It's change of environment. I'm energized by it. Like I, I just like moved the office into this like spare bedroom now over here. Like, um, like I'm energized by it. Like I working in different places, like typically throughout the day like i'll do my emails like in the living room like over there's like a little desk there spot and then like you know videos and recording and calls up here but then you know maybe go by the pool for like an hour or so to like clear my instagram or whatever i i like that part of the daily even the daily is part is nomadic oh so affirming it's great (laughs) yeah um awesome we're coming up on time um i appreciate you're a busy man. Thank you very much for coming on. Um, that was super good. Um, we well, I'd love to speak to you again at some point, a couple of months time, maybe. Um, I know you've got loads of stuff going on with, um, remote closing massive, um, boom at the moment, um, which you're helping drive to be fair. Um, to all the content, it's really cool. Um, so yeah, we can maybe touch on that another time. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't even get there. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> um, yeah, cool. Uh, did you have any uh, any closing comments? Anything you wanted to round off with, or any advice to anyone watching? You know that that was a good good chat. We we went over it. I think if someone's watching to the end thus far, I mean, if you haven't liked the video and subscribed to the podcast this far, I mean, come on. You're, you're in the top 1%, bros, if you're listening this far. But uh, no, at the end of the day, uh, life comes down to how bad you want something. And we live in a time where everything you can literally learn for free on YouTube, 
And if you're watching this, you're probably already halfway down the wormhole. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. there's no excuses these days. No excuse to find anyone uh, all around the world to, to connect with the community doing the same thing that you want to do, whether it's something uh, as small as, uh, you know, building crochet Muppets all the way up to, you know, the, mm-hmm. the standard stuff, digital marketing agencies. I just went to a conference last weekend, uh, three straight days of connecting with 400 other uh, entrepreneurs from all around the world. So I always recommend like uh, historically in my videos, like a conference was an excuse that changed my life to, to go abroad and see another country for, for a new time. So I always recommend to folks like look out for conferences around the world. That can be your excuse uh, to kind of get out there, even if it's just for a weekend or a week or a couple of weeks. Nice. No, that's, no, that's awesome. great advice. Love it. So to be continued, my friend. Appreciate it. All right. Yeah. Cheers, man. Guys.